This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Napa know-how. Right now, Mobile One full synthetic motor oil is $29.99 for a five-quart jug. Its advanced formula provides maximum sludge protection, defending your engine like a catcher defends home plate. So get top-notch engine protection with the Mobile One full synthetic five-quart jug for $29.99. Quality parts, helpful people. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. General States pricing. Sales prices do not include applicable state local taxes or recycling fees. Offer ends 9-30-18. Would be a better wide receiver, Steph Curry or Clay Thompson. Go. Brown gravy, too. Like, that's a thing. Like, if you're going to put gravy on your fries, at least go with, like, a white gravy. Brett Beast, he must have just been pounding Red Bulls. What's up, Draft Nerds? Thanks for joining us today. My name is Kent Swanson. I'm one of the writers at Arrowhead Pride. This is the AP Chiefs Draft Show. We have a lot to talk about today. I'm joined, as always, by my co-host. You can find him on Twitter, at Jacob Morley. Uh, Jake, what uh, what was your favorite move for your uh, for your Packers this week? Uh, I'm really stoked about uh, Wilkerson coming in oh, at five gosh. million a year. I think that's going to be a cool uh, fit for them with Petten being there. But we shall see. There's a reason he's not getting a long term deal. So man, I I, am, I really wanted the Chiefs to to take a look at Mo Wilkerson. I think that one year prove it deal would have been awesome. for Yeah, them. I'm optimistic. And for the Chiefs too, it's pretty cool. You know, what time did the league year start? Four o'clock. Yep, they made so many moves. Like a lot of breaking news today. I don't like the Alex Smith trade happened at four. Kendall Fuller at four. Our Marcus heads are just, our heads are just a lot going on. Um, right at the start of the league new year, like the the new league year, all that breaking news. Pretty cool. That was crazy, man. Just you know, all of a sudden the Chiefs didn't have a, you know they didn't have Alex Smith anymore. They didn't have uh, Marcus Peters anymore. Just. It's news to us. I Brett mean, Beast, he must have just been pounding Red Bulls. Seriously, I mean, that's a lot of work. I don't know, man. It was uh, good on him. I uh, so much going on. We're all still just processing all this breaking news. Uh, all seriousness, there's two new Chiefs to talk about. Uh, one is on the offensive side of the football. One's on the defensive side of the football. The first one is Sammy Watkins. Uh, I'm stunned by this move. He's still 24 years old. Uh, a lot of uh, a lot of upside there still, and he's now playing with a quarterback that is perfect for his skill sets. What do you think about him, Jake? I think there's a lot, and I tweeted this out, a lot of ifs about him. Can he stay healthy? Can he live up to that potential that made him a top five draft pick? Um, But what I said was the Chiefs are clearly taking their shot. Absolutely. And I personally, for me, like the, the idea of trying to defend Sammy Watkins and Tyreek Hill on opposite sides of the football with Travis Kelsey working in the middle of the field. Like, I don't know how you defend that. You got to have a good defense. Yeah. Um, I think, you know, a lot of it hinges too on it. Is, is Patty going to be good? Yeah. If he's not, who cares? Well, they've given him every opportunity yep. to be good because they've got all the offensive weapons they could possibly lead, need. I was kind of surprised by the figures. Yeah, you got paid. You know, I wrote on Arrowhead Pride last week that I like two guys I think would be really interesting for the Chiefs to take would be 
would be either Allen Robinson or Sammy Watkins. But it was kind of on the premise that Sammy Watkins would make less than Allen Robinson. There's more production from Allen Robinson. I know he's coming off the injury, but I was just kind of surprised by that. Same. Because I, I think Allen Robinson is a, probably a better receiver right now. He's getting paid $2 million he's more a year. He's more but proven. Coming off a, a major knee injury, too, I think that might scare teams. And I don't know. Free agency is crazy. Like, it, you just... It's sometimes if I feel like teams are just throwing darts at a wall and just like just throwing money around yep. and, and they are, but it's it's been wild. And especially we were it's, it's been especially crazy this off season. Yeah, it's been a really bizarre, uh, a really bizarre off season. Just like so many things happening at the same time, and the Chiefs have been right in the middle of it. And it's been fun. I mean, it has been fun. I mean, like when Alex Smith when the Alex Smith thing happened, I was I was freaking out. Like I was I was. Uh, kind of not really available to like be super active on Twitter when it happened. So I was like, part of me was just like freaking out a little bit because I was just really wanting to see what was going on because it was just chaos and it was just moving a million miles an hour. This off season has been a blast. Uh, it's been crazy. Um, and in Sammy Watkins coming onto the chiefs, that, that was a, that was a big move. The other move they made was to help fortify their defense. Anthony Hitchens is now a chief. He's an inside linebacker going to play next to Reggie Ragland. Do you have anything to add? I don't really know a ton about Hitchens, honestly, other than, uh, I mean, the the Packers played them last year and that was kind of Aaron Jones is like coming out party and he had like a really good 130 yard game. So, but then I also saw pro football focus that he's good. So he must be really good. I don't know. I don't know a ton about the guy though. Yeah. We'll, we'll see what happens with him. I think he's, he's going to be fine. Uh, the chiefs wouldn't have invested so much in him. Uh, if they didn't think he was going to be good. Yeah. No team has ever paid a bunch of money to a guy. Uh, uh, Okay. (laughs) Fine. Sure. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Whatever. Um, I, yeah, we'll, see i i do trust brett brett veach a, a great amount and maybe i'm just blind to the moves i've seen so far but we'll see um so the chiefs have lost albert wilson they've lost zach fulton and they surprisingly lost terrence mitchell which was enough to put him on the compensatory formula so if you don't know how that works uh, basically, Sammy Watkins and Anthony Hitchens offset the contract signings of Albert Wilson and Zach Fulton, but somehow uh, Terrence Mitchell got a three-year, twelve million dollar deal from John Dorsey Corners and the Packers. Have been getting stupid money yep. in, in the first three hours of free agency. I mean, uh, yeah, only three hours. But so yeah, no, some of hours. the number, like Tremaine Johnson getting $64 million or whatever he got I is... Was like, I think it was 75 Absurd. Like, yeah. he's a good player that's getting paid like a great player. It's crazy. It's it's nuts. Like, so much money's being thrown out there, and Terrence Mitchell's no joke. You know, like, it's the same thing. The Chiefs are currently projected to get a sixth-round compensatory pick. That could very well change by the time this episode airs, but... I just think that's just bizarre uh, that a guy that was kind of off the radar was actually getting paid enough to be a part of the formula right now. Um, so that's interesting. Uh, so we're going to talk about some draft prospects today still. This is still the AP Chiefs draft show. We're still focused on the draft. And uh, we've got several prospects to talk about uh, this week. One of them we're going to talk about was uh, profiled on Arrowhead Pride this week. Uh, his name's Justin Reed. He's a uh, safety from Stanford. Uh, we're actually going to talk about some local prospects, guys, that 
uh, from local schools or maybe went to a local high school, you might know who I'm talking about potentially there. But first, Jake, we haven't talked about Justin Reed at all, though. So this is kind of new to us. Uh, J- Jake just got done watching Justin Reed. I've been on him for a week or two. Um, if, if you don't know who Justin Reed is, he's a safety from Stanford. He's an early entry junior, and he's the brother of free agent safety Eric Reed, which has kind of been a name that's been thrown around a lot here in Kansas City as a guy that uh, that might potentially be able to come onto the Chiefs. Jake, I want to know a little bit about what you think about this guy. I haven't heard anything about your opinion at this point, so I would I'm kind of curious what you think. Well, when I watched him, I was like, man, this guy tested super, super well at the Combine. Um, Very good athlete. Uh, I don't know about his instincts. Uh, When I watched him, I thought, you know, he lines up in the slot a lot, which is cool. Um, And he's really dangerous from the slot, like as a blitzer. He he can just absolutely destroy a running back and get to the quarterback, and he's done it. Super fluid athlete, uh, can turn and run. There's a reason he tested so well. It shows up on the field. Um, he looks most natural, I think, in the box. Um, his change of direction is really good. Um, they, I mean, he lined up at, at slot. He lined up a little bit deep. He was even playing some linebacker for uh, Stanford, which is cool. Now, that's what I like about him. Um, but like I kind of alluded to, his instincts kind of scare me a little bit. I think a lot of times you can see him getting man- manipulated quite a bit by the quarterback. Um, there are times where he looks completely lost in coverage. I, against Utah, if you go to 120 against Utah, he just he does like a full circle circle just in the middle of the field and ends up and then ends up chasing to the sideline um and so that's that's weird to me to see a guy do that um i think he takes himself out of a lot of plays because of that um as far as a tackler too he's he's not he's he's over 200 pounds he's like 208 207 he's he's well built you can tell by looking at him he's really well put together he's kind of an ankle biter as a tackler um, so, and one other thing about him. So, with him and any other defensive back, I get really excited when I'm watching them, and I, and I watch them defend like a bunch formation, because you really get to see, okay, what type of route recognition um, do they have? And the, the couple times I saw him do that, just didn't look clean. Um, I'm, I'm with you on a lot of that stuff, actually. Um, however, I think I do trust his instincts a little bit more than you do. I think he's, I think he's a part. I think he's an outstanding athlete. Um, and I think he does. I think he does pretty good um, in a variety of different roles. I don't think he's a box safety, although I think he could do it if that makes sense. Like I don't think that's what he's going to wind up doing. Um, but in the nickel, um, deep, all, I like him in a lot of different alignments all over the field. I do agree with some of your 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 issues here. I thought he got he got lost on rub routes a lot. Mm-hmm. Did you see that? Yeah, he does. Um, and you know, I, I I do agree with some of your stuff with 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 regards to you know being struggling you know in kind of bunch sets and, and stuff like that because he did kind of get lost. Actually, I didn't. I I think he struggled against play action too. I think he was a little bit late to react to that's play right. action. And that's what I mean by like being manipulated. Like, and you can see quarterbacks will look him off quite a bit, but he bites on that stuff. I think most of that kind of happened when he was closer to the line uh-huh. of scrimmage though so like if if you're if you're planning on using him kind of down like at the line at the line of scrimmage like i don't think that's his most pro like the best place to put him uh i think the farther away from the football he is he's probably better and i like him in the nickel for the most part you know like except for kind of in traffic there was some stuff he was struggling with but um i think i think he can play a lot of alignments and i think his athleticism shows up uh on the field uh, I really like him as a prospect. I have a near 
round one grade on this guy. Uh, the athletic testing pushed that up a little bit. I kind of had it as like a mid second round pick, but there's a bump you can get for incredible athletic testing. And Eric, uh, Eric Reed, Justin Reed got that. I gave him an 86.3, which is an early second. What did you have on him? I have an 80.5, which is a third round grade. I like him. I think he can develop, but he just he does some stuff that just really scares me. Yeah. Um, and I think some of those things might be a little bit coachable and like here, here's one thing I do think like some teams like you talk about you know being able to use a guy's skill sets and uh, and mag- like kind of magnify a guy's what a guy can do and then kind of limit what he can't. I think some of the things that we've talked about here are things that you can fix or you can keep him from having to do. That's just my opinion. Yeah. And well, I guess I was excited to watch him because like just looking at his numbers, I kind of thought he'd be like a single high type guy. And he, I don't know if he's, I don't think he wasn't really used that much. Stanford I think he could play. do it though. Maybe, but there's a couple of times too where if he, if he was playing deep, he was really late to get there. And I, don't, and I didn't have the all 22 on him, so I don't really know why. Uh, but even with that 4-4 speed, he still is a step or two late getting over there. So that's kind of where I start to think, okay, is he is his route recognition off? Does he need to play more, or is it just something that just isn't natural for him? Yeah. Um, so that's that's my biggest concern with him. And that's why I said I think he does a lot of things well, but the most impressed I was with him was when he was by the line, when he was near the line of scrimmage. Hmm. Interesting. I, that's actually kind of where I didn't like him. I do agree with you. I don't think he's like a, a particularly strong hitter. Like, I don't think he's kind of an ankle biter. He's just kind of a get you down kind of tackler, which is okay. I mean, you can you can get away with that. But, um, yeah, that's interesting kind of having split grades. And literally, I, that's the first I kind of heard your takes on Eric Reese. Well, I, like, I, like, I do like him in the slot, though. Like, bl- like, that's my first notice. He's a dangerous blitzer from the slot. He did blitz like, well. He did blitz well. He, he's got a good feel for that. I think I think it's just kind of like his spatial awareness is strong. He's struggles a little bit with his spatial awareness when he's close to the line of scrimmage but i think yeah as a a blitzer that's you know an easy place for him to use his athleticism so um okay so that's that's a guy that we're we uh i have profiled on arrowhead pride you can find it there right now there's some there's a gift there there's you know more information kind of a, a different um take on on him uh you can find there on arrowhead pride uh we're gonna talk today primarily about uh, about local prospects and it's guys that have been to local high school or local college is and uh, one guy that actually went to a local high school and we're going to start there uh, it's Braden Smith it's a guard from Auburn he's 6'6", 315 pounds and uh, there's a, if you guys call it, follow college football there's a, a, a writer named Bruce Feldman that does the annual freak list he basically profiles 20, 30, 40 guys that are athletic freaks for a variety of reasons and Braden Smith made that list um, he's he's an Olathe South graduate and uh, so he is technically a local kid I'm really intrigued by him Jake what do you think about him I, I really liked him the first time I watched him um, I almost thought after watching him the first time could this guy play tackle but then looking at some of his measurables at the combine I think he's best at guard and I think he can be um, a really good guard in the league. Um, so he, some of the stuff like, so his punch is is really good. He's he's got a little bit of nasty to him. So there's like things you'll hear about this guy is like in the Auburn weight room, the coaches would have to scale him back like on his like on his squat racks yep. and stuff because he's just too strong and. 
some guys are really strong and it doesn't show up on the field. But one note I have about him is he's got really good functional strength. I mean, he he moves people. Um, there's a reason on Johnson kind of burst onto the scene and they were running all over people. And that's because Brain Smith is right in the middle of their line, kind of leading the way on that. Yeah, man, I, I, I agree fully with that take. Some of the things I liked about him is like when some guys are pulling, when some guards have to pull, um, it's kind of an effort and it, it, he he pulls so effortlessly and he actually like keeps his his shoulders like parallel to the line of scrimmage all times like he's just such a free mover when you're asked to kind of put him in you know kind of put him on the move um i really like that and i think he's just got outstanding strength uh and pretty good athleticism overall he actually got a very high grade uh, a high high percentile score when it came to his athletic testing. Like his spark score was pretty high. Yeah, and I think he's a guy that's going to be really scheme versatile too. He can fit if you want to run his own scheme. He's he's athletic enough to run that. He's strong enough and powerful enough if you're just kind of a a ground and pound mashing type team, which there's not really many out there like that anymore. But I think he can he he can do whatever you want him to do. He's going to be you know he'll probably be a second third round pick. Mm-hmm. Um, probably someone that's not going to be talked a lot about. But he's probably he's going to make a team really happy. Well, you know I I I think he gets a little bit overshadowed by the likes of Will Hernandez and Isaiah Wynn. Um, I have those guys graded slightly higher, but not by much. Um, this guy I think has just outstanding athletic traits. And he gives outstanding effort. And I think he's a guy that can develop nicely in an NFL system as he goes along. Um, he's not continue. He's not really particularly consistent. I don't think I don't consider him a technician mm-hmm. necessarily. Like he's still developing his ability and his craft. But he's another one of those guys, especially in the second round, where you bank on athletic traits like that. Yeah, and he so the biggest red flag with him is he he didn't look great against Clemson, which that that front four made a lot of people look you know not very good because they're incredible. Uh, but you know so that's something you know he's he's gonna be playing like against guys like that in the NFL next year. Um, like you said, he's he can be inconsistent. Like his hand placement isn't always the best. Um, sometimes he fires up a little bit high on the shoulder pads. He's not quite into people like he should be. Sometimes he fires out a little bit low. Um, so I mean he's got stuff but it's it's coachable stuff it's stuff that he's he's gonna fix and i think he it, with his his type of effort in the weight room he seems like a guy that's very coachable he seems like a guy that's gonna come in and take coaching really well right um so i would fully expect him to be a starting guard in the nfl for a long time well, i think that's kind of where we're at in the nfl right now as far as as far as offensive linemen guys aren't developing at a high rate and they're not coming into the nfl with a strong technical skill set yet they're having to be developed so when you're looking at offensive linemen me specifically, one of the things I, I, I've kind of resigned to that fact that they're going to have to develop whatever offensive linemen that they bring in. Like there's not a ton that are coming in. So you just need to find guys that show an ability to do it, that show a willingness to work, that give great effort and have athletic traits. Um, and, and I think, I think some level of football awareness is you can kind of pick up some of that mm-hmm. when you're watching tape. I felt pretty comfortable with Braden Smith in that regard. Yeah, and he's playing, you know, I hate to say it, but he's playing in the SEC, and he's probably playing against some of the, the most athletic big men in the country, and he's holding his own. Yeah, and that's a, that's another point. He's, he's doing he's, more than holding his own, he, he's really. Getting a, he's getting to go up against elite talent. Um, I have an 86.4 on him. That is an early second-round grade, 
And I am adding Braden Smith to the draft miss list. He's going on. He's a guy I would be completely comfortable with the Chiefs taking. I think he might be he might be a candidate in the second round. You never know how they're going to go with this draft. It's a deep guard class, though. Well, that's that's something that's going to be interesting in general is just what positions get taken where in this draft because there I've, I've been i've been banging on this drum a lot recently uh i think there's going to be a, a player that the chiefs are going to be surprised is there at 54 and it just depends on the runs at what position that are are are, are that happen because you could see if there's a run on quarterbacks, if there's a run on tackles, if there's a run on on maybe offensive guards, somebody's going to fall to the Chiefs, and it's going to be someone that we're not really completely expecting is going to be there. Hey, five quarterbacks are going in the top ten. Five? That's what, that's what I keep hearing. Oh my! I, okay. I hope so. <laughs> we'll get. We'll probably talk about quarterbacks at one point. I don't know how five five don't deserve to go. Let's just say that I no, don't. That maybe one. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah, I actually only have one first round grade on a quarterback right now. It's a teaser. That's a teaser. Yeah, for the quarterbacks yeah. Gonna, we'll probably talk about quarterbacks at some point because we got to run these guys up against Pat Mahomes, and that'll be fun for me. And uh, we'll we'll get there eventually. But uh, another guy that we need to talk about a little bit is DJ Reed. He uh, he's a corner safety, kind of just a defensive back from Kansas State, 5'9", 188 pounds, kind of an undersized guy. Uh, Jake, what's your take on him? I, I really like I really like DJ Reed. He's just so short. <laughs> like you know, that's that's going to knock him. I think he's going to be such good value for someone though because. No one wants no you know nobody wants a five nine corner nope. and he's gonna be there in the third or fourth round. Someone's gonna pick him and they're gonna oh shoot this guy's good at football. Um, he moves so well. He's he's sticky. He's one of those guys that he's just in in the hip pocket always. His change of direction is awesome. He's got good quickness. Uh, his speed is good. Um, I actually like how he throws his body around too in the in the UCL game UCLA game um, UCL UCL uh, yeah the UCL <laughs> team no the Bruins is that uh, like Tommy John surgery that's the UCL is located in yes the left elbow um, no so <laughs> UCLA he actually tackled an old lineman which was awesome because like something weird happened he got the ball and he went up there and got him down yeah um, he's tough stays in her hip pocket like I said his hand-eye coordination is really good. He'll he'll fight for that ball all the mm-hmm. way down. Um, he challenges the ball really well. Uh, he he's also I think he's got special team value. Yes. Special teams value. He's a good punt returner. And I think he's going to have to at the mm-hmm. next level. And I think and maybe some potential there as a gunner as well. And I think that's what yeah, like you said, he's going to have to kind of earn his stripes that way. Um, but this don't be surprised if if DJ Reed has a really long productive NFL career. He's just kind of one of those guys. Yeah, I I really like him. Uh, I do think it, I, the, the kind of the note I gave is like, I think he is a guy that gets the most out of his frame. Mm-hmm. And I am a little, I mean, I'm not concerned about his frame, but it's always going to be there. You can't, you can't coach him into a six foot tall corner. You're going to have to uh, deal with uh, some physical limitations that he does have. Uh, but I really, I do like him a lot. I think, you know, a lot of the things you said rain true. I think he, he gives great effort. I think he's, he's quick and 
Um, you can probably use him. You're going to be able to use him in the nickel, obviously. Uh, that's probably what he's going to get relegated to. For It would be my guess. Yeah. No, he's not. I don't think there's any way he can play on the outside. Because yeah. even, I mean, he gets manhandled by bigger receivers. He does. He struggles against big guys, and that was definitely something that rang true. Although, I mean, he he was scrappy. He was trying. He was, you know, he was, he was really trying to, but it's just, it, it definitely is something that he's going to struggle with. Uh, I actually, I, I value him. I think he, I think he's a guy that you should consider in the fourth round. I, I gave him a 72, which is a fourth round grade. Um, and you know, I, you know, some people talk about like athletic thresholds. Some teams have athletic thresholds that will keep DJ Reed off of their board. Uh, and those teams could wind up regretting that decision. Yeah. I mean, there's a reason they have those thresholds. Um, you know, five, nine corners aren't going to hit as much. And so that's, you know, that's just the thing. You just don't want to deal with them, but it's going to take somebody special for, for some teams to make exceptions. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, I, I don't, I don't know if the chiefs have athletic thresholds, um, the same way some teams do. I think with Dorsey, they did. I think they did have some, uh, I don't know what they were, but, uh, you Dorsey, I, I'm sure Dorsey kind of falls in that Ron Wolf tree, though, as well, where because Dorsey never took a corner under five ten. Hmm. Yeah, and, no. and that was a that's a big Ron Wolf thing. That was five ten. What five ten? Is that a Ron Wolf? They took Terrell Buckley in the first round over uh, what's his face from Wisconsin, and he was five ten. Buckley was, and he didn't pan out, and that that was like the thing. Like, nope, not taking him anymore, and it's pretty much rang true like thompson doesn't do it uh gutekinsky isn't gonna do it now he's already stated that so Hmm. it wouldn't surprise me at all if dorsey had those thresholds veach i don't know we'll find out and i'm i'm putting dj reed on the draft miss list i i value him as a fourth round guy anything after that too like i mean i think that's value um so he's a guy i'm definitely taking a look at uh uh, one of his teammates we're going to talk about too uh, is Byron Pringle, uh, 6'1", 205, wide receiver from Kansas State. Uh, he's going to be 25 years old as a rookie, kind of an older prospect. Uh, really, really good story, though. I mean, he had a, he has a, like a long criminal record coming into, into college, and I think he was on like a four-year probation. Uh, he's kind of overcome that and kind of turned his life around, and now he's getting an opportunity to play in the NFL. And he's kind of made some headlines the last couple of days because he tested outstanding at his uh, at his pro day. I think he ran in the four threes. Some people are saying he's fast. He's he very fast. Shows up, um, Jake. What do you like about him? I mean, he averaged over twenty yards a catch. He wasn't. I think he was, was twenty five. Yeah, even. he wasn't a high volume guy. And then you look at him, and he's he put up productive numbers with limited opportunities. And I'm not here. I'm not here to knock on K State or anything because my team, Kansas, is like just hot garbage. But um, you're not getting very many opportunities at K State to catch a football, right? Yeah. And so yeah, so he made the most of them. Um, he's also. Can we talk about his name for a second? Great name. Pringle, um, maybe on the all the all all name draft miss list, but uh, I don't that's, I don't what's 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 the val- like what's that about? I don't even like the name Pringle. I like Pringles. You don't like Pringles? I don't, I, I, I don't not enough to like. Uh, if the, if his name was Byron Doritos, I'd be all in. You're wrong for thinking that. <laughs> um, so yeah, but see, he's he's smooth. Um, he's definitely a vertical threat. I think he's very underdeveloped in his route tree. Outside of that. Um, he's kind of a one-trick pony at this point, but he definitely has speed to take the top off. Um, 
he's a guy that I think, you know, at 25, what scares you a little bit is, you know, physically, I guess he's, he's there. He's got everything you want. Um, is he going to be able to kind of round out his route tree? Um, he wait, I mean, so he's really quick. He has really quick feet at the line of, line of scrimmage, but you'll notice he wastes a lot of movement. Yes. I totally um, agree with that. And the ability's there, but, but he's, he is a bit of a project and a pro if you're taking a project, you typically want a guy that's 21, 22 years old. Right. So I, I, I like him. Like I do like him as a vertical threat and obviously he has the ability to win down the field. I thought like anything outside of vertical routes, he was kind of sluggish in and out of his breaks a little bit. Mm -hmm. And there's kind of it is a narrow skill set, and it's a it's a 25 year old with a narrow skill set, and that's not. I mean, I I don't dislike him as a prospect. I just don't value him where the Chiefs are at right now. Um, that's not a guy I'm going to be super excited about the Chiefs taking. It's interesting though, and there I think he's going in. I think he's in Kansas City for a workout at some point this week. It might have already happened. Um, he was going to his pro day and he's going to spend some time working out for the chiefs as well. So it does seem like he's a guy that they're taking a look at. I don't know if it's for special teams value or where they're kind of valuing him. Well, at. if you look at what the chiefs are doing, they, they got Tyreek, they got Sammy, they got, <clears throat> sorry, they got uh, Kelsey. And so they're, they want to push the ball down the field. So if you have the skill to do that, you know what, you got two solid guys in front of him. Um, and really three because Kelsey's just a big receiver anyways. So, don't you know, Pringle, come in here and, and run run a vertical route. You know, let's have some packages for you and see see if you can just be one more thing that a defense has to worry about here, and plan for. I Yeah, I understand that. Uh, I just, like, you look at the guys behind Watkins and Hill, like Demarcus Robinson, I think he's one of those kind of guys. Like, he's going to win on vertical routes. And uh, J.U. Chesson remains to be seen. That's kind of where I'm just like, do they – are? even as like a like a developmental or a, a, a small package guy, like, I'm not super excited about him. And it's not that I don't think he's a good football player. I, I gave him a fifth-round grade. I still think he's a draftable prospect. Um, he's just not a guy that I'm really hoping that the Chiefs invest draft capital in. Sure. But do the Golden State Warriors ever turn down a guy that can shoot threes? Man, yeah, no, that's true. That's that. Uh, that's true. It, it's just, it, it, it was, he's probably going to be good on special teams too. Mm -hmm. uh, was that a setup for me to have to... I know, I saw you tweeting about that or have, something. Was this, was this me having to explain my Golden State... Yeah, take, okay. you can drink it some Kool Aid. I, I no, think. no, no, no. Here, I, I, I actually, Jake's not the only person that's giving me crap for that because, like, I've got a text thread of just getting roasted for that. Can I? I'm, I'm gonna take a second to explain myself on the Golden State Warriors take. And if you don't know what that is, I basically said the Chiefs' 2018 offense has a chance to be the Golden State Warriors. And here's what I'm. Here's my point. It's not even necessarily that they're going to completely, they're going to lead the NFL in scoring. They're not going to just automatically turn into the 2001 Rams. I think the Chiefs have an opportunity to change how, um, how football and offensive efficiency is done. And I, what I mean that is they've just got insane amounts of vertical threats now and speed and, and home run and big play opportunities all over the field. And they've got a guy that's proven that he's able to do that. So they're going to be the 2015 Arizona Cardinals. Well, kind of, but I think I think they're even going to be more. I think there's a chance that they could be more vertically minded because you've got this young, raw quarterback that loves to do it. And this isn't Carson Palmer who's disciplined and has been in a system forever. This is a guy that's like he has this big play mentality, and he's got guys all over the field that can make big plays. 
So I almost think that they could they could change how offense is run. Like they could see, we could see a more vertically minded offense than we've ever seen, including the Bruce Arians, Arizona Cardinals. It's in the range of outcomes. That's all I'm trying to say. The only thing with that too, is if you have a team that only shoots threes, it's really great when you're hitting them. Yeah. Well, I, yeah, no, that's fair. And who knows how much like, how much Andy Reid will creep into into Mahomes? Like, if there's going to be some power struggle on some of the more horizontally minded stuff mixed with the vertical mind, I'm just saying it's in the range of outcomes that they just try to flip offense on their head and create a new offensive efficiency kind of concept by being super intentional about getting the ball downfield. Sorry, no, I we had- need to we need to move on. But I have one really quick question. Okay, who would be a better wide receiver, Steph Curry or Clay Thompson? Go. Oh, uh, I think they both would Steph stink. Curry. I think they both stink. Well, yeah, no, that's that's a given. But I think Steph Curry, at least, like he's LeBron. An <laughs> How's LeBron creeping into this conversation? I don't, I don't even know. Uh, but sorry, I had to grandstand. Up. I had, I'd explain my offense take. My my Mahomes led Sammy Watkins, Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey con. Like I just think that's crazy. It's going to be so much fun. I can't wait. Uh, Sammy Watkins is 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 going to well, someone's going to benefit from that. It's going to be really fun to watch. Um, okay, we've got a couple more guys to talk about, and we're going to go to the east side of the uh, of Arrowhead Stadium. We're going to talk about Jamon Moore. He's a receiver that uh, has been getting some looks uh, in the NFL as well. He's six three, two hundred and seven pounds. Um, Jake, what's your thoughts on this guy? He ran a really bad 40 time, but don't let that fool you. He's actually a pretty good athlete because he ran, I mean, he was like in the top, top percentile in about every other, every other agility. Yeah. His spark score was actually really high Mm -hmm. except for his 40 time, which is weird. But when you watch him, that's okay because that's not really what he, he can get deep in college and he's not going to have to, I don't think, I think he's going to be a 10 to 15 yard type of route runner in the NFL. Cause he has, he has a really good feel for the middle of the field. Um, he, the, you'll, you'll see him just sit in spots and zones, which is cool to see because a lot of receivers will run themselves into coverage. Um, he doesn't do that. Um, I think he has a lot of potential as a route runner because of those three cone type things or short shuttles. He's really shifty. Um, he ran, one of the what I he ran one of the slickest post corner routes you will see against that. Auburn. I know you're talking um, about, and I don't remember. I have that in my notes, and I'm I'm pretty sure he completely turned the Auburn corner around. It might have been Carlton Davis too. I don't know though. It might not have been, but it, it's pretty. Like if you have a chance to watch that, um, he's a body catcher. He's his hands are kind of are, are you know they're okay. Um, he struggled with drops. Uh, and if you talk to any Mizzou fan, they'll probably tell you the same thing. Um, and because of because of him being a body catcher, he has a little bit of a limited uh, catch radius. Um, to me, he didn't show a ton of flexibility, uh, meaning like he wasn't able to go down and get the ball or work the sideline right. very well, or, or I just didn't see it. Um, so he needs to do a better job of extending his routes when his quarterback's in trouble. Um, he's kind of slow off the line of scrimmage sometimes. Yeah. But I'm with you. I, I there's stuff to work with. I thought like I thought he won more like with vertical stem routes. Like that was kind of where I was more impressed with him. Um, I didn't like. Uh, I don't think he. I, I don't think his quickness and stuff really shows up that much on tape compared to what he tested at. You know, like that was kind of something I was a little bit surprised. Like he he he's a good athlete. Like he proved that at the combine, but like I didn't see it completely translate. 
uh, in his route running ability. And, you know, he's got a limited route tree because a lot of those, the, the offenses like Missouri runs and just, he's kind of one of those guys that's going to have a limited route tree coming out of college too. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. There's, there's some upside to him as far as like what I want the chiefs to be going after. I, he's, he's not really someone like I'm looking forward and I, I kind of want, I'm not putting him on the draft miss list and it's not, it's, it's not cause he's not a, decent football player is just not a guy I value the same way that that others might I have a sixth round grade on him um I think he's I I don't know I am still trying to figure him out I'm probably gonna go back and watch a little bit more tape but right now he's not a guy I'm super high on wait where'd you put him at I have a 72.5 which is the a fifth round grade fourth fifth ish fourth Um, okay I but yeah I I don't know. No, I I get you. Like it's it's kind of hard to kind of. He's been one I've really struggled to value, and it's just like I'm trying to. Like I always try. Like with any prospect at any position, I'm always trying to fit them into what I see the Chiefs doing. And it's like I don't know if he's bringing something unique that the Chiefs don't already have on their roster. It's kind of the same way with Byron Pringle. Like what you know what 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 value are we adding here um i don't know if he's going to be that great of a special teams guy either just kind of uh, he's strong like i mean he's he's pretty strong with the ball in his hands there's a couple of times where he run people over and he he's kind of got that mentality of kind of kind of a hoss with the ball in his hands so i like that that's probably my favorite thing about him is is his strength um, he reminds me he reminds me a little bit of like a James Jones type with hmm, that's actually a real I like that with I like worse that comp. hands though that's and James a, Jones struggle with drops too that's that's probably a pretty good comp actually honestly and like probably not I don't think his production is going to be James Jones by any stretch of the word mm-hmm. but like that is probably a pretty good comp like not you know they're not gonna they're not gonna beat you deep they're not gonna you're not scared of their their deep speed but you know that 10 to 15 yard area they can kind of body up people and, right. and bully corners a little bit and and move the chains for you yeah he's I, he, vertical stems like you know mm-hmm. not necessarily go routes i mean he's he, it's just more anything off of vertical stems nothing no quick change of direction stuff no that, that makes sense man um i'm not putting him on the draft miss list um but you know someone's he's he's gonna have a shot to make it on an fl roster it just i don't think it i don't think it's with the chiefs uh, one more prospect to talk about this week, and it's a guy that you probably are all very familiar with at this point um, because he's been making a lot of news. His name's Nathan Shepard. He's from Fort Hayes State in Kansas, and uh, 6'4", 315 pounds. Uh, he's from Ontario, Canada. How about that, eh? Yeah, so he loves to loves to sack quarterbacks and put gravy on his fries. Oh, I that brown gravy too. Like that's a thing. Like if you're going to put gravy on your fries, at least go with like a white gravy. You put gravy on your potatoes. Yeah, it doesn't work the same for me. Mm-hmm. Like if I go to Dairy Queen, I'm getting that white gravy and I'm yeah, dipping everything in it. Yep. Uh my my toast, my fries, my chicken, my milkshake, all of it. It's it's, it's all going in there. <laughs> dip cone. <laughs> That's Kent's DQ dip cone. Dip, dip, cone. dip, dip that in that gravy, please. Ugh. Yeah. <laughs> but no, I'm not I'm not a brown gravy guy. Sorry, I digress. Uh he's an older prospect. He's he's gonna he's gonna be twenty five in his rookie oh, year. He's older I know local it, guys. There's like some there's this is kind of a weird year. There's like several old prospects and old prospects aren't typically like where I I, I don't really like old prospects typically uh hint i like this one um just real quick a little backstory on nathan shepherd uh he started out at a school in canada simon fraser college 
couldn't afford it. So he had to take a year off and try to go work some odd jobs to save up. Went to Kansas. Goes from Canada, from Ontario to Kansas. Which Fort is Hayes. Too, Fort right? Hayes, which Jeez. I'm... I don't know if they okay. If anybody in in Hayes, Kansas, is listening to us, please tweet us at Kent underscore Swanson Jacob Morley. I just want to know if someone's out there. I think that would be really funny if someone is. Uh, please feel free to reach out. I'm not knocking on your not knocking. I'm not knocking on your city. But. I went. I went. I work with the guy that went to Fort Hayes State. Did you really? Big Nathan Shepard fan. Yep. My offensive coordinator in high school was uh was actually a coach at Fort Hayes State for a while. So football, you? Yeah, man. Yeah, well, they they they're about to be on the map even more here at the draft um anyway so he he walked on at fort hayes state and obviously earned his stripes there and, and got opportunities got a scholarship and uh, jake this guy uh, he he was a man child at the division mean. two level yes he's mean yes he wants the o-line to know where he is at every single play like the very first snap i watched he like they ran like an outside sweep and he clearly wasn't going to get there. He turned around and just put his hands into the chest of the alignment and put him on his butt That's just, awesome. just because like, no. hey, I'll be here. All, I'll be here all day. That was something I liked about him. Like, I just thought he like my the, the first note I wrote about Nathan Shepard was just violent hands, mm-hmm. like just just yeah. just physically imposing, just violent hands. And he, he gives outstanding effort. Like I've seen so many times like he was just diving at guys ankles just to try to try to make a play on him. And he had success doing it like he was just all over the field trying to get, you know, stop defend uh, stop runners as quickly you know, as many times as he possibly could. It was really impressive to watch. Uh, anything else? Like, what else did well, you the, like about him? With his hands, too, what's interesting is when we were at the combine watching him, there's a couple guys that really stood out with their hands because you just hear them pop in the pads. He's one of them. Yep. Uh, Harrison Phillips was another one for me that's just even where we were sitting, you, you could, could just hear, it. hear the echo of it. Yep. And so they like he wants the alignment to know where he's at. He wants those pads to know that he's smacking them. Um, but he's good. He's good. He's got, he's got a lot of natural flexibility, too, in his hips and knees. Um, he's definitely like a natural knee bender. He needs to do that more consistently. Consistently, but yes. he but he does it. Um, there are times, especially at the D two level, where he will ju- he'll just toss an alignment and make a play on the ball. Mm-hmm. But he needs to be playing behind his pads to do that because right. there. Are, and one of my negatives is I think he he's developed some bad habits because he's played at a level probably where he can get away with stuff Absolutely. like that. Absolutely, um, so he plays a little bit high and and he and because he can do it you know he, you see him playing high tossing guys and making plays but he's absolutely lethal when he's behind his pads i mean he does what he wants to do and he just needs to do that all the time yeah and like that, that's that's all true one other thing like like i talk about his violent hands i just wish he was able to use his violent hands better because like so many like he was just very inconsistent with this technique and I think obviously, yeah, that comes from being a Division mm-hmm. Two football player. Like, and he, I think we probably both. And it's funny because we actually haven't really talked about him either, and we're agreeing on most of this because I have good initial punch, but it stalls there. Yeah, it's kind of it was what a negative on him. He, right. His hands are underdeveloped, but there is. I mean, but the having those heavy hands, that's that's kind of something that you can't really teach. It's just one of those things. Like some guys are just that way. Right. And he's one of them. And, and I, I really, I value that quite a bit when I watch defensive linemen and he possesses that. So I'm a big fan of his. Yeah. And I, you know, he, he, the things that he struggles with are all 
fixable. Like mm-hmm. he's got the athletic traits. He's dense. He's powerful. He's got powerful hands. He's he's got the mentality to do it. It's just a matter of becoming consistent. He did some good things at the senior. I was bowl. just gonna say that you know he's. I think I think he's the guy that rises to the occasion too because at the senior bowl, I think a lot of the stuff that we're talking about as far as negatives, I think he figured it out real quick. Like. I'm right. not playing. I'm not playing D two football anymore. Like, right. I need to do this consistently. I need to make sure I'm playing with good pad level and and firing out and making sure I'm not popping up in my stance right away because that was he was he was the darling of the Senior Bowl. A lot he of really people was. liked him before he broke his he broke his yep. hand at the Senior Bowl, yep. which is crazy. Like that just that's that sucks for him because it was going to be an opportunity for him to get a lot more exposure. You know, the thing is though, like, yes, he definitely did rise to the occasion. Um, however, like there's still, even though he performed well at the senior bowl, you still like, there still should be some concern about the level of play he was up against because he hasn't had a ton of reps against guys that are more nuanced. Yes. He did some really good things at the senior bowl. I still do like the transition still is not going to be easy, even though he got an exposure like that, because guess what? Uh, the the offensive guard from Maine that's there at the Senior Bowl, yeah, he might he might get drafted, but there's guys that have been doing this for a mm-hmm. long time that are are more technically proficient and have more understanding and feel for what they're doing. So it's still going to be a learning curve for him, even though he did some really good things and some impressive things at the Senior Bowl. Yeah. Okay. For sure. Well, yeah, no, and I, I give him a, uh, I give him a third round grade. Uh, I have a, I have a seventy six point two on him. I have an eighty one, so I'm a little bit higher than you on him. Oh wow, that's like kind um, of an early, that's kind of like an early, uh, early third round grade. Yep. Yep. And I think, you know, I think, I honestly think that's where he ends up. I think a lot of people are really high on this guy. I've seen some people, and I've seen some people put him uh, in in the fifties, like mm-hmm. in the second round. Uh, I think, I, actually, I think I might have seen him mock to the Chiefs at one point. That makes sense. Yeah, he's he's a guy like he's he he would fit perfectly. I mean, if the Chiefs wanted to invest in him, uh, he's a guy that uh, I think would make a lot of sense for the Chiefs. Uh, I, if they were, if he was there in the third round, I would absolutely take a look at him. He's going on the draft miss list. I'll tell you that much. And this is kind of a, this is kind of un, un, a, a different thing for me. I typically struggle to value older prospects the same way I other I value other position or other other age groups just because I really like the idea of having a guy younger uh, when you're when you when you're coming to that second contract there's a little bit like less upside not just as far as developmental but also just like as your ability to kind of hit on a long-term product like, Sammy Watkins player. is 24 exactly second contract I, I really like so I, we know that we know that Nathan Shepard's 20 going to be 25 during his during his uh, rookie year I really want to know like if he's older than Sammy Watkins or not I just out of curiosity, or, or Byron Pringle, or like well, that's same. They're the same age. Well, actually, uh, the the article I wrote, kind of talking about Allen Robinson and Sammy Watkins, I mentioned like Byron Pringle is going to be twenty five his rookie year. That's the same kind of thing as as uh, same kind of age as Allen Robinson and Sammy Watkins are at now, and those guys have been developed in an NFL system for several years. So, um, you know, I, I still do value Nathan Shepard. I think he's a guy I'm very interested in. He's going to take some time to develop. Uh, I would be absolutely happy if it's here in Kansas City even though he's an older guy looking at him as a third round grade 
so that's it for prospects this week. Uh, we do have a scouting term of the week. Jake, everybody's favorite. Everybody's favorite, Jake. Appreciate and, all the tweets that we've gotten about being body beautiful or being proud of your bubble. Yeah, no. Um, so, some people have been like, someone used both in the in the same tweet. Really, like, impressive. really impressive. Really Great impressive. Job. So the scouting term of the week, this one goes out to friend of the podcast, uh, Joe Thomas of the Cleveland Browns. I'm trying to get him on, but we'll see. Um, but the scouting term of the week is dancing bear and what that means is you are a very large man that can move your feet really well and you can shadow defenders and when you're out there playing offensive tackle you look somewhat like a bear that's dancing i hate i hate to bring up dontari poe again in back-to-back weeks as far as we last week we talked about dontari poe's bubble this week he's a dancing bear he's like the definition of a dancing bear just a freakish athlete that's just giant and uh, i'm trying to think who's who's uh nathan shepherd's kind of a dancing he's kind bear, of a actually. dancing bear i think in this draft class because i i typically equate that to like offensive linemen um just because of the way they get out of their get into their sets and stuff like that so i think you know probably the best example in this is probably quentin nelson yep just because yep. even though he's not that tackle that he's out kind of in space He's just big and athletic and he's a monster. He's a bear. We're never, here's the thing. Like we're never going to get to talk about Quentin Nelson because well, like except for right now, just because long gone, there's like next to no chance. He's a Kansas city chief. Although I would freak out if he was Laramie Tunsil. Like who knows? Yeah. Maybe, 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 uh, maybe Quentin Nelson will get caught with like a, like a bong mask or whatever that was. Not. Tunsil's still in the top 10, so. Yeah, no, that's or, true. Well, I don't know where he yeah, was. I don't think he, I don't. He didn't I still, fall the 50 or whatever. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I don't, there's like no feasible scenario where, uh, where Quentin Nelson's going to be a chief. But uh, he's a dancing bear. Uh, Dentari Poe's a dancing bear. I think Nathan Shepard's kind of a dancing don't bear. Don't forget about friend of the podcast, Joe Thomas uh, of the Cleveland. Hey, happy retirement, happy buddy. Happy retirement to Joe Thomas. You've you've earned whatever you've gotten being on such a miserable team. You know he never started a season 1-0? He never played in a playoff game, too. Well, no, yeah, well, did no. he play when, when they had Derek Anderson he and probably, uh, Braylon Edwards like that one year that they were pretty good? That probably, he probably did. Yeah, because yeah. that was probably pretty early. Maybe was never, probably early he never career, won though. a playoff game, I'm sure. Poor yeah, guy. Not poor guy. First ballot Hall of Famer, though. 2023 sure. Hall of Fame. Yep. No well, doubt about it. Yeah, man. That uh, That's it for us today, guys. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, we'll have more prospects to talk about next week. And it's kind of a, a gear shift towards uh, the NFL draft. Really start next week. People are going to start be kind of focusing a little bit more. It's the next big thing on the calendar. Boards will be set. Yep. In free agency. And we'll be here to talk more about prospects. Uh, Thanks again for listening, and we will catch you guys later. You sit at a desk. They sit at a desk. You have sales reports. They have book reports. You need supplies. They need supplies. Business is a lot like school. That's why your small business should take advantage of back-to-school deals at Staples. Now, Staples 1-inch 3-ring binders are $1.92. One-subject notebooks are just $0.25, and two-pocket poly folders are just $0.35 each. Make back-to-school your business at Staples. In-store only while supplies last. Offer ends 9-1-18, limit 30. Hello, I'm Spencer Hall from SB Nation, and I want to tell you about my new show, It Seems Smart. It Seems Smart is a show about people doing things that, for some reason or another, seem smart at the time. Those things might include doing a little cocaine and driving a bike up a mountain, or, I don't know, 
maybe racing 100 miles per hour across the country in the middle of the night with no one's permission. Or even stealing a bat from an umpire's room in a Major League Baseball park. Check it out, and if you like it, tell a friend. I'm Spencer Hall. Don't do anything smart. <laughs>